Welcome to the St. Edward's Podcast, a church filled with the Holy Spirit. We hope that today's words will draw you closer to Christ Jesus. In our gospel reading today, John shares about the moments before Jesus is arrested and eventually brought to trial, tortured and then hung on the cross. He, of course, knew this moment was coming. This wasn't a surprise to Jesus. He predicted it over and over that he would die on a cross throughout the Gospels. The Old Testament revealed that he would be tortured from Isaiah chapter 53. He knew his time had come. He was moments away from the most difficult point in his life, that moment that we call the passion of Jesus. So what does he do? In these final moments of freedom, these final moments with his closest companions, he goes to a garden and he prays. At Jesus' most crucial moments before the cross, he spent time in prayer. And these prayers are known as the high priestly prayer of Jesus. And we don't see him spending the bulk of his time in prayer praying for himself. In fact, he prays, Lord, let this cup pass, but nevertheless, your will be done. He doesn't whine or complain. He prays very little about what's to come immediately for him or about himself. What he spends the bulk of his final moments praying for are his disciples and for his future followers. That's us. He prays for others. You see, way back in the 4th century, there was a young man named Augustine, and he wrote about his life in a book called The Confessions. He didn't serve the Lord Jesus. He was addicted to the pleasures in life. He lusted after the, the things that the world gave. He lived foolishly. But he had a mom, and her name was Monica. And she made it her mission on earth to be the one who would constantly pray for Augustine to be the one that God would use in bringing Augustine to himself. In fact, at one point, as we may read in Augustine's book, The Confessions, Monica says, there was only one reason and one reason alone why I wished to remain a little longer in this life. And it was to see you, she says to Augustine, to see you become a Christian. Well, this mother lived to see those prayers answered. And Augustine did become a Christian in Milan. Monica died in 387 at the age of 56. And in his confessions, Augustine spoke of his grief and weeping for his mother. He wrote, now gone from my sight, who for years had wept over me that I might live in God's sight. She died a happy woman for she had seen her prayers answered and both her husband and her son had become believers. Augustine was only 33 at the time of his mother's death and many years of service to Christ and his church lay before him. In later years, Augustine could look back on his life and recognize the importance of his mother's perseverance and prayer to his own salvation and his ministry. However, neither Augustine nor his mother Monica could have foreseen that Augustine's own ministry would continue over the centuries 
and even influenced such people as Luther and Calvin in reforming, purifying, and strengthening the church. In our tradition, we honor Monica with a feast day on May 4th. The city of Santa Monica in California carries her name. You see, the prayers of a mother for her children is precious and powerful. Prayer is powerful. In prayer, we participate in what God is doing on earth. In prayer, as Jesus taught us to pray, we say, on earth as it is in heaven. And this is important because where is Jesus right now? We say it both in the Nicene Creed and in the Apostles' Creed. And we just celebrated the event on Thursday, on Ascension Day. We say in the creeds, He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. Our Lord Jesus Christ is in a position of power, praying for us, interceding for us. As St. Paul said in Romans chapter 8, Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who was at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. And what is he praying? Well, chances are he's praying the same thing that he prayed in the garden. And what was that? Well, there's a 12th century French abbot called Gerek of Igni who wrote this concerning our gospel reading, concerning Jesus' prayer. He said, The whole of Jesus' prayer can be summarized in these three petitions, which are themselves a summary of salvation, namely that the disciples should be kept from evil, sanctified in truth, and glorified with Christ. So there are three things at the heartbeat of Jesus' prayer for his disciples. First, that we, should be keep, that we should keep from evil. Jesus prayed, I am not asking you to take them out of the world, but I ask you to protect them from the evil one. They do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. Jesus intercedes for our protection. The word protection or, or the word guard is used four times in this prayer. And Jesus is praying that we won't be overcome by the evil one or the ways of this world. In fact, St. Paul in Romans chapter 8, when he mentions that Christ is interceding for us in the heavenlies, he continues the thought in the very next verses with this. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Christ is praying for us that we remain steadfast in the faith. And it's working. Do we need proof? Well, there's proof here this morning. You are all at church this morning. You're answering his prayer. Second, 
that we should be sanctified in truth. Jesus prayed, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself so that they also may be sanctified in truth. Jesus is interceding for us that we would be sanctified in truth. Sanctified means to purify, to cleanse. It has to do with renewing. And if that's what sanctified means, what is this truth he's talking about? Well, Jesus said, he defines it himself. He says, your word is truth. Well, this refers immediately to the Old Testament that the disciples possessed what they had. It extends also to the teaching of Jesus called God's word. And it comes to include the books of the New Testament canon. In other words, it refers to the Holy Scriptures. We are to be sanctified, renewed, cleansed, purified by the truth of God's holy word, the Scriptures, the Bible. St. Paul wrote in Romans chapter 12, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you will be able to discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. May we be saturated in our thinking with the words of Scripture. Read them. Pray them. Meditate on them. Memorize them. As the psalmist wrote in Psalm 119, verse 11, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And finally, third, that we should be glorified with Christ. Jesus prayed, all mine are yours and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. And now I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one. You see, Jesus intercedes that just as he is glorified and one with the Father, may we also be glorified and one. Listen once again to the words of St. Paul in Romans chapter 8, who said, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If in fact we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. We have a rich inheritance with Jesus Christ. And on that future day, when all are gathered before King Jesus and all the children of God, those who are marked by his spirit, will be glorified with him. That is the day we are waiting for. This is the day our hope becomes reality. That is also the day, the reason that we pray for our loved ones, to know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Today, I want to close with a prayer. This is the collect that is traditionally prayed on the feast day of St. Monica. 
the mother of St. Augustine. May we follow her example and be constant in prayer for others. Let us pray. O oh Lord, through spiritual discipline, you strengthen your servant Monica to persevere in offering her love and prayers and tears for the conversion of her husband and of Augustine, their son. Deep in our devotion, we pray, and use us in accordance with your will to bring others, even our own kindred, to acknowledge Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this conversation today. We will continue to pray that our teachings are impacting you for the kingdom of God. If you'd like to learn more about our community, you can find us on stedwardsepiscopal.com or on Facebook. And of course, we'd love for you to visit us in beautiful Mount Dora. May God's grace fill you as you go in peace.